Hello and welcome to my first podcast. I'm your host Max Rock and today you are listening to We Finish What We Start. Today is some kind of odd episode I would say. It's an episode for me and only for me. If you want to achieve something, if you need this little motivation to push you to when things get hard, then this episode is also for you. For me, it will be two hours into a marathon when this episode will be released. And after two hours, probably have run 13 miles, 22, 23 kilometers, things will get harder. So this, exactly this, Max, you will listen to this at this moment when you're running, things get harder. Keep reminding, listen to it and keep pushing. This next few minutes, this part of a motivational page, but this episode will be a mashup of a lot of motivational quotes you like to listen to, you enjoy to listen to, which push you forward. Remember to do things which you have never done before, which maybe some people have never done before. You're going to piss off people which have not done it. Most people fight change. You embrace change. You push through the pain. You have it in yourself. And it will not be easy, but you not strive for easy. You embrace the challenge. You strive for challenges. You push through challenges. And you grow with them. You become better. Be the person who want, which you want to be, not somebody else. Be that person you want to be. And remember, fear is false evidence appearing real. If you look at your life and if and if you're not getting what you want you owe it to yourself to do something differently you owe, if you're on a job 85 percent they say of americans go to jobs that they're unhappy if you're doing something eight hours a day that you don't like it's not giving you what you want it's not giving you a strong feeling of satisfaction and fulfillment you're miserable you hate to go there you're depressed just thinking about it. You're saying the thank God it's Friday song every week. <laughs> it's giving you headaches just thinking about it on Sunday afternoon after the football game goes off. If that's what it is, you owe it to yourself to start strategically working to change directions. I stopped by to redefine fear to redefine it because fear is an emotion like any other emotion fear is an emotion like love like compassion fear is an emotion we just gave it more power mm. we just gave it more power compassion oh that's nice fear Ooh. we made we gave it a meaning and some of you know you've heard this before that fear is false evidence appearing real fear is just a story get this Fear is a story that you've told yourself about something that might happen in the future. That you have zero evidence that it will happen, but it's causing a visceral effect in your body. Now it's time to literally biohack the impact that fear has had on you. That fear no longer becomes your fortress, fear becomes your fuel. 
You will not achieve the greatness that you're born for worrying about rejection. And you know, it's interesting, when you're 10 years old, you have a few friends and a few enemies. When you're, when you're 20, you have more friends and more enemies. When you're 30, more friends, more enemies. I have friends and enemies now globally. The real test of your success and your achievement is how many people you can piss off on the planet. Since you always have this half and this half, you never have a reprimand side without a praise side. If you're gonna reach seven billion people, you're gonna to have to have 3.5 billion people pissed. So my job is to see how big I can piss people off. Why? Because if you're unique, you're gonna start innovating something new that's never been done before. And anytime you do something that's new, people are gonna ridicule you, they're gonna violently oppose you, you're gonna challenge paradigms and existing conventions and traditions, and you're gonna be criticized until eventually you stand strong with an immortal vision bigger than those obstacles, and then you stand up and then you set the new tradition. See, but you know what most people will do? Most people will resist change. Most people will fight change as if change would be worse than what they're experiencing. So as you look at your life, you're saying, I'm not getting what I want. As you begin to look toward the future, begin to know that whatever it takes for you to create that, you've got that in you. You've got that. You've got genius in you. You've got goodness in you. You've got creativeness in you. If you decide to take the initiative to change the current quality of your life, I say to you that you will find that the universe is on your side. That life is on your side. Now, will it be turbulent? Yes. Will it be easy? No, no. Will you have some opposition? Yes. Will I make a lot of mistakes? Yes. Will I get hurt? Yes. Yes. See, a lot of people won't try anything different in life because they don't want to get hurt. Let me tell you something. It's too much pain to duck. Pain is everywhere. You can hide under here. It will come where you are. I'm, really, if I go back here, pain will come. Hey, Les, come on out. It will come. It's everywhere. Victor Frankl calls it unavoidable suffering. You can't duck it. But most people spend their life not wanting to deal with the pain of rejection, the pain of defeat, the pain of being disappointed, the pain of losing, the pain of failure, the pain of being criticized, the pain of not being liked, the pain, the pain, the pain. That's called life. If I want to be free, I've got to be me. Not me that I think you think I should be. Not to me that I think my wife thinks I should be. Not to me that I think my kids think I should be. If I want to be free, I've got to be me. So I better know who me is. Most people are governed by their habits, their fears, and the opinions of others. A lot of people never try anything differently because they have been convinced by people in their lives that they value that they can't do it. They're living within the context of the opinions that other people have of them. The low expectations, 
Many people doubt themselves because when they thought about doing something at some critical point in their lives, somebody they respected and honored, somebody they believed in, somebody that they loved, someone they trusted said, you can't do that. And they accepted that. Many people are dead now. Many people are allowing their dreams to die. Many people are allowing their ideas to lie dormant and collect dust. Many people have all this talent and ability that they are allowing to be buried inside of them that they will take with them to their graves because they didn't have the courage to be who they are. And I say as you begin to look toward the future and manifesting your greatness, it's going to take everything in you everything in you that your life deserves the concentrated effort to begin to look at how is it that I can express more of me how is it that I can bring my ideas out here now how is it and start living with a sense of urgency because you're here today you're gone today life is unpredictable it's uncertain there are no guarantees no guarantees out here at all so holding back what are you waiting on ask yourself What's the benefit of your waiting? What's the benefit of your not living your dream? What's the benefit of not listening to yourself? Oh, please, listen to yourself. Every person with success, with great success, has to go further and farther than anyone could have imagined. They are capable to go. Believe you can achieve it before it happens. Remember how you imagined running those 42 kilometers and 195 meters in less than three hours and 50 minutes. Remember how you look down on your watch, stopping the time and see what the time is you just achieved. A pace, a distance you wouldn't have seen possible only 12 months ago. You are born to go further, farther, regardless of it in running or any other area in your life than most people can imagine. Embrace the gifts you have been given. tell you something that every successful person has to do including you believe it or not every successful person in this world has jumped I'm gonna tell you what I mean by that you eventually you are going to have to jump you cannot just exist in this life you have got to try to live. If you're waking up thinking that it's got to be more to your life than it is, man, believe that it is. Believe in your heart of hearts that it is. But to get to that life, you're going to have to jump. Don't you get to the place at the end of your life where you're lying there like Ivan Illich. And you ask the question that terrifies me when I think about it. 
What if my whole life has been wrong? Khalil Gibran said, When you are born, your work is placed in your heart. There is music in you. That music may be in the form of artwork. It may be in the form of putting together a golf course. It may be figuring out a way to raise children in daycare centers. It might be to invent a chip for a computer. It might be to raise horses in Montana or to become a horse whisperer. Whatever it is, you have a connection to it. And the wisdom of the ages or the wisdom of the sages is such that whatever it is that you consider to be your music, you've got to let it play. Don't die with your music still in you. I'll tell you why I call it jumping. See, God, when he created all of us, he gave every last one of us a gift at birth. He never created a soul without endowing them with a gift. You just got to quit looking at gifts as running, jumping, singing, dance. It's more than that. It's if you know how to network, if you can connect dots, if you draw, if you teach. Some of y'all fry chicken better than anybody else. Bake pie. Some of you cut hair, color hair. Some people do grass. I got a partner, man. We never wanted to go out with us because we stayed out too late. Come on, man, go out with now. I got to get up early, mom. Cutting Miss Johnson grass. We kept laughing at this dude. Cutting grass. How much they pay you? He got a landscaping company in Cleveland worth $4 million. Because all he do is cut grass. But he was gifted at it. You've got to identify that gift. Now listen to me. When you see people in life, when you're standing on the cliff of life and you see people soaring by, when you see people soaring, going to exotic places, you hear about them doing wonderful things. Maybe you look up the street and your neighbor just gets a car every year, every two years. You know, how is he doing that? Have you ever thought, maybe this person right here has identified their gift and is living in their gift? There's a, a redemptive power that making a choice has, you know, rather than feeling like you're at a effect to all the things that are happening. Make a choice, right? You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. Just decide. But the only way for you to soar is you got to jump. You got to take that gift that's packed away on your back. You got to jump off that cliff and pull that cord. That gift opens up and provides the soar. If you don't ever use it, you're going to just go to work. And if you're getting up going to work on a job every day that you hate going to, that ain't living, man. You just existed. At one point in time, you ought to see what living's like. But the only way to see what living's like, you got to jump. And here the problem. Let me just be real with you. When you first jump, let me tell you something. Your parachute will not open right away. I, I'm sorry. I, I wish I could tell you it did, but it don't. 
When you jump, it's not going to open right away. You're going to hit them rocks. You're going to get some skin tore off on them cliffs. You're going to get all your clothes tore off. You're going to get some cuts on you. You're going to be bleeding pretty bad. But eventually, eventually, the parachute has to open. That is a promise of God. That ain't a theory. That's a promise. Your problem isn't ideas. Your problem is you don't act on them. You kill them. It's not my fault. It's not anybody's fault. You're doing it to yourself. Stop it. I'm counting on you. You got stuff to do. Now, here's another thing. You can play it safe and deal without the cuts and the tears. And you can stand on that cliff of life forever safe. But if you don't jump, I got another promise I can make you. Your parachute will never open. You'll never know. You'll never know what God really has for you. See, your God has a wonderful life for you. Once again, I'm going to refer to your Bible. Now, you go down there, you memorize these scriptures, you're going to apply them to yourself. Your Bible says that he comes to give you life and give you life more abundantly. If I were you, I would jump. Because that's the only way to get to that abundant life. You got to jump, man. You got to take a chance. Now, when I get through talking, there are those of you who have discussed this in the car. Well, I got bills. And I got, I got bills. I, whether you stay on the cliff or you jump, you're going to have bills. Well, if I quit my job, I'm going to ruin my credit. If you got a job, you live in check to check. Even if you got A1 credit, you can't buy nothing else no damn way. At one point in time, man, do yourself a favor. Go, go see what God really do. God hold you up, man. He ain't gonna let you fall. He ain't bring you this far let you fall. Do yourself a favor, man. Before you leave this world, before you die, jump. Just jump one time. Just jump. There is only one of you. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to take up someone else's footsteps. Try to grow into your own. Be you. Do you. Be proud to be yourself. Live in the moment. Not in the past. Don't dwell on the past. Don't live in the future either. Live every single moment. Become better every single day. And nobody will be able to stop you. Only you are able to stop yourself. But only you can do it. Push yourself to become greater. To become better. To do things never done before. When I want to be free. I gotta be me. Nobody can do what I can do. But we can learn from each other and become better in what only we can do. Every single blade of grass 
and every flake of snow is just a wee bit different. They're no two alike, you know. From something small like grains of sand to each gigantic star, each one was made with this in mind to be just what they are. How foolish it is to imitate and how useless to pretend when each one of us comes from a mind whose ideas never end. Do you know there's only going to be one of me to show what I can do? Likewise, you should be really proud that there's only one of you. The past really isn't going to hold us back if we don't let it. And what we want to do is start to understand there are laws. And we can go start work out an idea to its logical conclusion, in spite of the accumulated testimony of all past experience to the contrary. See, that's what Edison did. That's what Ed Hillary did. That's what Orville and Wilbur did. That's what everyone did that ever done anything of any consequence to improve the quality of your life. That's what you're going to do if you really want to improve. And if you've got the picture, you can do it. There's no end to what you can do. See, we think, oh, she can or he can. I mean, they do that, 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 that. You know, you can. This is your life. You've got to decide what do you want. Do you know that the only thing between you and accomplishing what you want to accomplish is you. There isn't anything else. It's all you. I don't care what good reason you come up with, but they don't know me. I understand it. No, no. In here. It's all in here. You think it'll take 10 years? It'll take you 10 years. Think it'll take 10 days? It'll take 10 days. You think you can do it now? You'll do it now. You think you're going to learn so much more before you do it? Then you're going to learn so much more before you do it. It's just a, it's a, that's the way it is. When you literally fall in love, your intellect, your emotions, your physical, you're in love with what you do. You don't care if people laugh at you. You don't care what other people say. Who the hell cares? I'm not shaping my life based on their opinions. I'm me. I'm only here for a short time. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to make things happen. Doesn't matter what's done. You and I can do it even bigger. We can do it better. We can do it better than it's ever been done. People ask me, who's doing what you do? Nobody. Nobody can do what I'm doing. There's only one me. If I want to be free, I've got to be me. Not me that... I think you think I should be. Not to me that I think my wife thinks I should be. Not to me that I think my kids think I should be. If I want to be free, I gotta be me. So I better know who me is. There's nobody can do what I do. You say, well, Sandy's doing, no, no. Sandy's doing what Sandy does, Bob's doing what Bob does. I can't do what she does, she can't do what I do. We can learn from one another, but let's understand no one can do what you do. There's no one. You want to be really happy that you are unique in all the people.
in the world. There's only one you. Never stop. Never surrender. Never give up. Never listen to naysayer. Never listen to people which do not have what you want. Never take advice from someone not taking their own advice. You know the saying, do as I say, not as I do. But I strongly believe people around us, people or even especially our kids, they do as we do and not as we say. To get what we want, we have to do what we know has to be done. Never quit, keep pushing, go further. You can see and smell the finish line. Keep going harder to beat your best time. You have to push harder and be better you have ever been before. John Bias says that the antidote for despair is action. Lisa Nichols says the prescription for success, hey, is the same thing, action. So number one, I was willing to do that thing that no one else wanted to do. I was willing, are you willing every day, no matter how smart you are, how brilliant you are, are you willing to get up, know everything about some things and nothing about anything else? See, I was willing to live in what I call duality. You might want to write that down. I was willing to live in a constant duality. I was willing to be brilliant and in the same 60 seconds, be clueless. When you can live like, walk like, play like, and work like, you have nothing to hide, nothing to protect, nothing to prove, and nothing to defend. You're proving nothing to no one, you're just being. And in every moment, you allow yourself to become the next best version of yourself. So I was willing to unhook myself from anyone else's perception of Lisa. I was willing to rediscover and redefine and rebirth who I could become every single day. I was willing to live in a space that was mildly to moderately to significantly uncomfortable. My grandmother says, baby, conviction and convenience don't live on the same block. They don't even live in the same zip code. Are you willing, write this down, be willing to be inconvenienced. See, some of you, you want that dream, but you, you want to live inside of a convenience. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. How many of y'all got asthma in here today? But if you ever had an asthma attack before, you short of breath, SOB, shortness of breath, you wheezing. The only thing you try 
trying to do is get some air. You don't care about no basketball game. You don't care what's on TV. You don't care about nobody calling you. You don't care about a party. The only thing you care about when you're trying to breathe is to get some fresh air. That's it. And when you get to the point where all you want to do is be successful, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm here to tell you, number one, that most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. You don't want it badder than you want to party. You don't want it as much as you want to be cool. You, most of you don't want success as much as you want to sleep. Some of you love sleep more than you love success. And I'm here to tell you today, if you're going to be successful, you've got to be willing to give up sleep. You gotta be willing to work off for three hours of sleep, two hours. If you really wanna be successful, some days you gonna have to stay up three days in a row. Because if you go to sleep, you might miss the opportunity to be successful. Superpowers, what are they? They are the things that make you, and you, and you, and you, you. How do you know what they are? Okay, just close your eyes for a moment. And think about something you love to do. You just love it. Like time stops when you do it. It can be gardening, it can be shopping, it can be playing with your kids, whatever. So for me, it's playing with my little nephews. They're five and one, they're adorable. Now I want you to think about not what exactly you're doing, but the qualities that come out of you so naturally while you're doing that thing. So for me, it's love, it's compassion, it's nurturing, it's creativity, it's, it's wisdom, it's presence. That's who you are can open your eyes. Those qualities that come so naturally to you are who you are. You know, I've coached people for over 11 years and I'm always amazed at how people don't realize what their gifts are because they come so naturally. So many of you right now are taking your gifts for granted. You don't think they're gifts because they come so naturally. I like to say God puts our gifts so close to us so they're easy to find, but it's the last place we look. Every single day, in every walk of life, ordinary people do extraordinary things. Ordinary people accomplish extraordinary things. Many people will leave the universe without a trace. No one will know they were here. And in fact, under their name, we could put under there, not used up. Will anybody know that you came this way? What contribution are you giving? What will you leave? What will be different? because you came this way. Someone once said that life is our gift to us, that God has given us, and how we live our lives is our gift to God. What kind of gift are you formulating? Is this a gift that you like to take back and do something else before you turn it in? Think about that. He said, Inky, I'm going to tell you something, and I don't want you to ever forget it. He said, as long as you make sure that somebody else's life is okay, son, God will always make sure that your life is okay. And what he was telling me was, son, as long as you live your life with a greater purpose than just yourself, the opposition, the adversity, the challenges, the paralyzed right arm and hand, like all of those challenges that you will face in your life, if you live life with a greater purpose than just yourself, you will use it as fuel and it won't drain you because your focus and your perspective will be a lot different. You won't be a selfish person and you won't just be going through life doing things for personal gain. You know how you can, you can spot a, a selfish person that give up at the first sign of adversity? 
Because when a person gives up at the first sign of pressure and adversity and a challenge, you can't be thinking about anything except yourself. Because when you think about sacrifices that others have made for you, it's almost impossible to give up. She said, baby, she said, I don't know if you know, but you were built from the best. She said, so I need to remind you that quitters never win and winners never quit. She said, your grandparents, 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 see, they had a hard life. And they many times wanted to stop. But they didn't because quitters never win and winners never quit. She said, your grandparents, baby, they didn't have laptops and cell phones. They didn't have cars. They worked sometimes in the fields until the fingers burst and their, with blisters and their feet burst with blisters and they wanted to stop, but they didn't because quitters never win and winners never quit. She said, so honey, I, I don't know if you thought you had the option of quitting. And she said, but grandma need to tell you, you need to take that option off the table because that's, that's not who you are. That's not what you're built of. The only man who never makes mistakes is the man who never does anything, fail greatly, get back up and do even better. Remember, you set yourself the goal last October, or the goal was set way before that, to run a marathon, pardon, to run a half marathon in less than one hour and 50 minutes. You run this particular half marathon in one hour, 52 minutes and 52 seconds. But remember, at kilometer 12, you fell short. Your energy was gone. Your power was gone. You thought you need to throw up. You couldn't push yourself. And in the aftermath, you realized you have done way too many, way too few, or I would even say none, runs in low heart rate. You didn't prepare well. This time around, it changed. You are now on your like 900 kilometer in the last 20 weeks 900 kilometers you haven't run in any year before you have run now in less than 20 weeks you have done long runs runs over 35 kilometers where you set a new personal record on your half marathon distance while going another 15 kilometers you are prepared you added more carbs leading to this race. You had your beetroot juice to get all the necessary energy storages filled up before this run. You have your gels, you have your bars, energy bars, you have water. You have everything you need in this run. It's only you who needs to push to make everything possible.
So I want to tell you about something that changed my life as a creative person. And it's a quote from Theodore Roosevelt, and it has completely, I mean, I know it sounds cheesy and cliche to think a quote can change your life, but sometimes when you hear something, when you need to hear it and you're ready to hear it, something shifts inside of you. And this is the passage that changed, changes my life. It's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done it better. The credit belongs to the person who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred with blood and sweat and dust, who at the best, in the end, knows the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, he fails daring greatly. I think when you feel stuck or dissatisfied in your life, it's a signal. And it's not a signal that your life is broken. It's a signal that one of your most basic needs are not being met. Your need for exploration. Everything about your life, about your body, grows. Your cells regenerate, your hair, your nails, everything grows for your entire life. And your soul needs exploration and growth. And the only way you'll get it is by forcing yourself to be uncomfortable. Forcing yourself to get outside, out of your head, thank you. If you're in your head, you're behind enemy lines. That is not God talking, okay? It's not. In fact, if I put a speaker on it and we broadcast what you say to yourself, we would institutionalize you. You would not hang out with people that talk to you the way you talk to yourself. So get out of your head. So make no mistake, my friends, what we say to ourselves in the privacy of our own minds matters. It drives our behavior, which drives our destiny, which shapes our world. And this isn't just my opinion. Our entire culture has been transformed by people who believe and behave like everything is figure outable. Think about the Wright brothers. If they hadn't believed human flight was possible, they wouldn't and couldn't have spent even one minute trying to figure it out. If the suffragettes hadn't believed women's voting rights were possible, they wouldn't and couldn't have spent even one minute working to make that a reality. And what we need now, more than anything else, is people who believe in what's possible. I spent the last 12 years studying vulnerability. And that quote was everything I know about vulnerability. It is not about winning, it's not about losing, it's about showing up and being seen. This is who I want to be. I want to create. I want to make things that didn't exist before I touched them. I want to show up and be seen in my work and in my life. And if you're going to show up and be seen, there is only one guarantee, and that is you will get your ass kicked. That is the guarantee. That's the only certainty you have. If you're going to go in the arena and spend any time in there whatsoever, especially if you've committed to creating in your life, you will get your ass kicked. So you have to decide at that moment, I think for all of us, if courage is a value that we hold, 
This is a consequence. You can't avoid it. So vision, vision. Vision is key, you guys. Vision is key. That dream that you just reminisced about, that dream that you thought about when I asked you to close your eyes and think of your dream, that dream is valid. Your dream is valid. Your dream is necessary. There's a reason why you have that burn in your belly and that desire in your heart. There's a reason why you're so passionate about it. It's your purpose. It's what you were created and designed to do. When you were in your mama's womb and you were being knitted together, that was being knitted into your DNA. So that dream is valid. Don't ever lose hope or focus for that. Your dream is valid. Inside every one of us is an unrealized well of potential. What untapped brilliance is sitting in this room right now or watching online? Is the woman that will find the cure for cancer giving up on her dream because she doesn't think she can, can get into med school? Is our next Picasso putting his paints in the attic because when he was eight years old, his teacher said, you have no talent. Is a single mom letting go of the idea of going back to school to get her degree so her kids can have a better life? You might not think you can hack possibility. Neither did J.K. Rowling when she thought of the odds of making a living as a writer. But she went on to create Harry Potter and became one of the most successful authors of our time. Or 15-year-old Jim Carrey living in a van, he just wanted to make it in Hollywood. And even though he didn't have the money, he wrote himself a $10 million check for acting services rendered. Hacked his way there. What about that 108-pound little girl who someone said, you'll never make it as a firefighter, who gets to go on and become a captain and have the privilege of leading 18 girls? You are magnificent. And what makes you magnificent is everything you've previously believed is wrong with you. So think of it like this. For most of your life, you live out your existence here in the middle of the chain of human experience where everything is normal and reassuring and regular. But failure catapults you abruptly way out over here into the blinding darkness of disappointment. Success catapults you just as abruptly, but just as far way out over here into the equally blinding glare of fame and recognition and praise. One of these fates is objectively seen by the world as bad, and the other one is objectively seen by the world as good, but your subconscious is completely incapable of discerning the difference between bad and good. The only thing that it is capable of feeling is the absolute value of this emotional equation, the exact distance that you have been flung from yourself. And there's a real equal danger in both cases of getting lost out there in the hinterlands of the psyche. But in both cases, it turns out that there is also the same remedy for self-restoration, and that is that you have got to find your way back home again as swiftly and smoothly as you can. And if you're wondering what your home is, here's a hint. Your home is whatever in this world you love more than you love yourself. So that might be creativity, might be family, might be invention, adventure, faith, service, might be raising corgis, I don't know. Your home is that thing to which you can dedicate your energies with such singular devotion that the ultimate results become inconsequential.
So the question I want to leave you with today is this. What would you do if you held this idea to be true? What would you create or heal or transform or transcend? Who might you become? Because if we start to think about our creative challenges and our life challenges and our collective challenges in this way that everything really is figureoutable, it all starts to change. We go from feeling defeated and overwhelmed and broken to feeling courageous and capable and full of hope. I believe we must teach this to ourselves and to each other and to our children and to our children's children. Because there will be moments in your life when an opportunity is presented to you to do something or say something or change something. And I want you to make a promise to yourself right now that from this day forward, you won't waste one more minute of one more day saying to yourself, I don't know how to do that. Or I don't know if I have what it takes to be that. Because you and I both know in our heart of hearts, yes, you do. You are divinely blessed and infinitely capable. And there is no fate, no circumstance, no situation that can hinder the unstoppable power of your human soul. Don't complain. Simply don't complain. Embrace what you have. And what is given to you. This year, particularly this year, with all the stuff going on in the world, not being able to travel, you have already embraced this as a gift. You've been home with your boy, can spend every day Bring him to bed, wake up with him, and spend several hours during the day with him. Things you hadn't been able to do if the world would have been different this year. Your official marathon has been cancelled. This didn't stop you. You just made your marathon. In your front. You're going the same. You will take the same elevation gain. You don't make it easier for yourself. You keep making it the same. When even when not even harder. You will push yourself. You embrace this challenge. And you will embrace many more. Running this particular first marathon under 3 hour and 50 is only the stepping stone. You know you can go much further. But what you also can do you can go much faster in this particular distance. This might be, and this will be, your distance. You will embrace and increase your speed. And you will be running many more, many bigger marathons after this. So don't complain. Keep pushing, because the pain you currently suffer is necessary to get where you want to go. I will bet 
that every complaint in your life really represents a racket, that you have that about which you are complaining in your life because it somehow makes you right. You watch the way people use their illnesses. You watch the complaints that people have about their work, about their jobs. Most people's complaints about their work, about their jobs are a way or a racket which enables them to avoid the domination of their job like an opportunity. See, if your job showed up like an opportunity, like the possibility of making a difference, like the possibility of making a contribution, if your job showed up like a space of freedom in which to express everything that you had, everything that you were, then you'd have to be responsible for the opportunity your job is. But as long as you can say they and it and the boss and the circumstances of your job and they don't listen, I say that that's a racket. And I'm inviting you to take a look at your, at your complaints like a racket. The complaints about our work for the most part help us to avoid the domination, help us to avoid the responsibility of the opportunity which our work is. You know, I know in your relationship you're saving something. You don't give everything you got. You're saving a little bit. Because someday, the guy's going to come on the white horse. And when the guy comes on the white horse, then you're going to give everything. But not to him. Or not to her. No, they don't understand you. They don't fill in your own complaint. Whatever choice you make in every interaction you have, make the choice to be at peace, your sacred or higher self says. Whereas your ego says, oh, no, 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 no. It's much more important to be right. And so we find people in relationships struggling, struggling a lot. And one of the things that they struggle about is who's right and who's wrong. Most of the fights that you have in your relationships really basically, when you get, oftentimes you forget the details, but it's basically about who's right and who's wrong. But I say, that that lets you off the hook. That helps you to avoid the domination of the responsibility of holding your relationship as an opportunity to express yourself fully and totally. See, if only she fill in the blank. That's your racket. And when we get authentic about the kind of beings we are, we, the kind of beings that we see ourselves to be when we want to be authentic about it, is a racketeer. And the racket is whatever it is you're complaining about. You're too old. Being old's a racket. So I'm inviting you to stand in the possibility that if you want to be authentic about yourself and take an honest look, what you're going to see is a racketeer. And that's what life's about. The being of human beings leaves human beings as racketeers. We've got this racket. And like all racketeers, we expect the payoff from the racket. The racket, the payoff is we get to be right. Your racket lets you be right or it allows you to make somebody wrong. Lots of people in their 60s are still making their parents wrong, still making their upbringing wrong. People would rather be right in their relationships than love. You know what he did? Whatever he did is more important than love.
if you want to have your higher or your sacred part of you ruling in your life, I suggest this to you. Practice being kind rather than right. When you have the choice, and you have the choice in your relationships with your spouse and your ex-spouse, with your parents, with your grandparents, with your in-laws, with strangers on the freeway, with flight attendants, with waiters, with whomever you interact, if you can just subdue this ego part of you which says, it's important for me to be right, which will introduce you to stress and anxiety and fear and so much of the stuff that I talked about earlier, and instead say, how can I suspend this part of me and allow the, allow the part of me that wants to be at peace, that wants to be happy, that wants to be fulfilled. And if I said to you, I'm going to give you a magic wand, and with this magic wand, I am going to allow you to just wave it and get anything that you want. Whatever you want. You can have this, you can have this car, you can have this, this uh, nice clothes over here, you can have this home, whatever it is. Or I said to you, in lieu of that, I'm going to give you another wand, and you can wave this, and for every moment for the rest of your life, you'll be at peace. Whatever comes along, you'll be able to choose peace. And basically, we know that we're only here for a very short time. And being able to choose peace, which is what the sacred part of you begs you, the higher self. Once you get that, you begin to shift away, and you stop telling yourself that the people who are close to me, in relationship with me, are the people who don't belong there. So I'm inviting you to look out from the possibility that you are a racketeer, that your relationships, that your work, your job, the things in your life are really about getting these payoffs. And the best place to look is those things about which you're complaining in life. I don't like. I don't want. You see, you and I are willing to sacrifice the quality of our life for these payoffs. Like I said, in our relationships, we're willing to sacrifice love. I mean, real, the real presence of love. Like, maybe you can remember we're willing to sacrifice that for being right and making the other person wrong. We're willing to sacrifice that to dominate the other person, to manipulate them, to get them to be the way we want them to be, and to avoid any manipulation or domination from them. We're willing to sacrifice love in order to win, to avoid loss. We're willing to sacrifice love in order to justify ourselves. If any inkling of an opening for generosity shows up in the relationship, we close it down very quickly in order to keep ourselves justified in the position that we're in. We're willing to give up, to sacrifice our own self-expression. See, on your tombstone, they're gonna what they're gonna put on your tombstone when you die, something was left, and we don't know what it is or was. See, they ain't gonna put on your tombstone used up. Because you ain't gonna get used up. No, you're gonna save it. Till Prince Charming comes. Then you're gonna give it. But not now. Not here. Not for this. Not for what you got. Most people are gonna go to their grave with the sense that there was something in them that never got expressed. That there was something there, something of real value, something that could make a difference. Something that could have been a contribution. 
that just never got expressed and most of us are going to go to our grave like that because you see we're willing to sacrifice being used i don't mean being used like i was speaking about before i mean being used by by being used i mean using ourselves most of us are willing to sacrifice our own full self-expression for the avoidance of responsibility to avoid the domination of taking on life like an opportunity most people are happy to give up their happiness people don't have any problem sacrificing their happiness not as long as they can be right see i say any place in your life where you are unhappy i'll bet that right there you're being right or making somebody or something else wrong you've exchanged your own happiness for being right or making somebody or something else wrong okay but i want to give you something that i think will help you to eliminate conflict from your life forever and it's four words and i'd like you to memorize these four words and you don't have to write them down because it's going to be very simple but think about these four words because if you practice using them now you can use them anytime with anyone in any circumstance you can use them with your spouse you can use them with your business partner you can use them with a waiter waitress you can use them baggage handlers rude people on uh who are not taking care of you the way you want to be in a restaurant whatever it might be you can use this here are the four words now you practice these you use them on a daily basis and after a while you don't even have to use the words you can just hold up four fingers and here they are ready you're right about that it doesn't make the other person right Okay, my wife and I practice this all the time. <laughs> We're getting very, very good at it. Now, she's still just as wrong as she's always been. Don't get me wrong. She's still wrong. But she believes that she's right. And that's what the ego needs. Now, if you ask her, she'll tell you the very same thing. But I'm still as wrong as I always have been. But she allows me to believe that I'm right. So what is it that the ego needs that the higher self doesn't need? The higher self just wants peace. The ego, the part of us that believes that we're separate from each other, from God, from our environment, this part of us that dominates our lives wants something else. It wants to be right. So you let people believe that they are. It doesn't make them right. It just gives them the opportunity to believe that they're right. And it saves so much conflict in your life. Now, a lot of times, my wife and I will just hold up four fingers. She'll say something, and rather than speaking, I'll just go like this and hold the four fingers up. And she says, you know, I really hate it when you do that. And I say, honey, you're right about that. When you don't allow yourself to let your ego rule, and instead you shift into a state in which you just allow people to believe that they're right. And I talked on that show, on CNN, about the four words that will end all conflict. 
And I got hundreds of pieces of mail about just that and how much it has helped people in their relationships. Just by simply stopping yourself before you're about to respond, asking yourself, do I want conflict or do I want peace? And then letting the person know that they're right. You're right about that. It's so easy. It's so sweet. And it doesn't have to be something that you do disrespectfully. It doesn't have to be a gimmick. You can use variations on the theme. I've never considered that before. You know, you, you're making a good point. I acknowledge what you're saying. But you have to free yourself from this need to make somebody else wrong. It is your challenge, nobody else's. Remember, as I said earlier, starting with kilometer 12, you struggled. You struggled, but you know, you don't stop. You have been overtaken. I think this one guy over and over again, this mountain. Why did you? Because he stopped running. He walked and then he went back running. And every time he ran, he ran very quick because he overtook you again, but then he walked and you could keep your pace. And at the end, you could even increase your pace by being challenged to do so. So you know you can. And through the struggle, not being able to beat your time in your last half marathon, you realized or especially you couldn't think, stop thinking of it. How are people able to run a marathon when you lost your energy at kilometer 12? And they can because they prepared well. They done their due diligence, they had their fuel, they had their gels, they had their energy bars, they stacked up on carbs, all those things you haven't done in your half marathon, but you did now. So remember, always remember, you can do it. You are prepared. Keep pushing. So I, I just, as I always say, stop by to really talk about, are you wearing the right size? on your shoe because sometimes, y'all know I'm a leader, right? Sometimes we tend to look at other people's feet, the shoe they're wearing, and ask the question, why am I not wearing that shoe? Because there's a shoe that fits you and it won't fit anybody else. You know, when you look at the Wiz back in the day and Dorothy put on the shoe and I oddly it just fit. When you look at Cinderella, right? And, and she went from rags to the shoe just fit. Well, look down at your feet right now. No, really, look down at your feet right now. You didn't put on some shoes that didn't fit this morning. You put on the exact shoe that would fit your foot so you can walk it through those doors and get your word. So the same as that shoe fits your feet, you couldn't wear two small shoes because then you can't concentrate. Amen? Amen. We all done had the shoes. We said, now this one got to go. I've outgrown these shoes. You can't put a size eight foot in a size six shoe. It's not going to be comfortable. So why are you trying to put a size eight, nine, ten mine in a size five behavior? 
So let's begin by contextualizing the universe and seeing the universe like a house that is wired for electricity. And you and I are lamps. And the lamp could be tall, it could be short, it could be any color, it could be any shape, it could be any design. The power of the lamp has to do with the electricity that causes the light to shine through it. So no matter what the lamp is, if it's not plugged in, it doesn't shed any light. And the light does not come from the lamp. The light comes from the electricity. That piece that we're after lies somewhere beyond personality, beyond the perception of others, beyond invention and disguise, even beyond effort itself. You can join the game, fight the wars, play with form all you want, but to find real peace, you have to let the armor go. Your need for acceptance can make you invisible in this world. Don't let anything stand in the way of the light that shines through this form. Risk being seen in all of your glory. See, sometimes we take our life, the calling on your life is a size 12, but the mindset is a size two. And so you sit inside discomfort for the next 10 years, five years, wondering when you're gonna get comfortable, when you decide you know you've always known there was a calling a size 12 on your life. And, and at times when you begin to back up, it's because you're wondering, well, what if? Well, what if it don't work? Come on, y'all, somebody, yes, yes? Come on, amen, come on, talk to me. This is a dialogue, this is not a monologue. Y'all know how I roll. I was that girl that got a fail in English. And I got a D minus in speech the last time I took either one of those classes. I was that kid that lacked self-esteem. I was that kid that, that didn't know where I fit. I was that young woman that tried to find my beauty in the arms of men. Cause I wasn't, come, come, I'm just gonna tell y'all the truth. I don't mind, I don't mind what your judgment is about me after my story cause I know who I am. And I know whose I am. I know whose I am. So, so, told me nothing in, there was no evidence say evidence there was no evidence of a size 12 calling on my life while I was in my two but I knew that there was a size shoe that was bigger than the one I was in and all I had to do was become committed to finding my four then my six then my eight then my ten then my twelve and whatever else you got for me God I'm gonna step into that shoe you want your future, but you too caught up in your yesterday. You, you, you look in that yesterday's newspaper trying to design your future. And God said, I got a calling on you that's bigger than today. Like this ain't your end point. This is just where you are right now. That, that there's some things I got to release from you. I got to move that job out of your way. You would have stayed there forever. Come on, somebody. I got to move. I got to, I got to break down your finances so I can get your attention. Do I have your attention now? I got to move that relationship out of your life because they're not speaking into your future and you won't let them go on your own. So I got to move that out of your life. But understand, I knew who you were when you were in the womb. I knew who you were. And I only have good things for you. I didn't bring you to do you any harm. Never have. Now, will you go through some stuff? Yes. When I say go through some stuff, I need you to keep going through it. I need you to not stop and take out real estate in the stuff. 
some of y'all done took out real estate in the stuff. You done did a lease option buy in the stuff. You done did a rent to own in the stuff. And God said, I just told you to go through it. Don't stop. You done turned a speed bump into a stop sign. Why? So I just, you know, I look at your life. I look at our life. I look at who we've been meant to be. Who you are will never be shaken. Who you've been meant to be will never be questioned. What you go through will change. There will be days when you feel like, is this it? And the answer is there's always more. But are you willing to be courageous, bold? Are you willing to like and love every part of your journey? Are you willing to have blind, say blind, unwavering faith? That's to show me when I don't see it, I just know it. When I don't see it, I just know it. And I move with the same level of certainty See, God is waiting on you to move with certainty. You moving with wonder. I wonder if. So when you say I wonder, God says, oh, I'm wondering too. Because like, when you move with certainty, I move with certainty. When you know, I know. The universe will match you right where you are. So when you move with absolute certainty about that relationship, about your health, about your job, about your finance, absolute certainty, the universe responds accordingly. People ask, how did you do it? I said, I never thought I couldn't. And I'm okay being called crazy. There's freedom, y'all, and being called crazy. Come on, somebody gonna know. There's freedom in not fitting in. There's freedom in not being attached to how many likes you might get on Facebook. There's freedom in that. Because if I don't have to be normal, then I can be me. And you can define that any way you need to define that. So there's a new day. There's a new day coming. And, and, and the day is here. It's right, right now. My Fitbit says now. It, it's now. Like there's no waiting on anything. It's all waiting on you. Have the courage to dare greatly. Don't regret what you haven't done. Simply do it anyway. The greatest doers must also be the greatest dreamers. Fear is a reaction. It's a reaction of something unknown to us. Something we haven't lived through yet. But it's something we can overtake. Because everything we have overtaken in our entire life we have not experienced before so courage on the other hand is a decision to keep believing in our ability to move forward and do the things we have never done before because there's so many things in our life we do them for the first time and no master has not failed we have to do we have to suck at things to become great at them. Keep pushing. There was a very cautious man who never laughed or played. He never risked, he never tried, he never sang or prayed. And when one day that he passed away, insurance was denied. 
For since he never really lived, they claimed he never died. Sidney Smith once wrote, a great deal of talent is lost to the world for the want of a little courage. When you go before your creator, God will ask, where are your wounds? And if you reply, I have no wounds, God will ask, was there nothing worth fighting for? When you look back on your life one day, you will not regret what you've done nearly as much as what you haven't done. And what you haven't done will be because of fear. Fear is not your enemy. Fear is your friend. Fear reminds you that you have not arrived at the top of the mountain, that you are still climbing with the rest of us. Fear is your friend. What have you allowed it to do in your life? Some of you have allowed fear to have you stand on the edge of your greatness and look like you're about to jump into a game of double dutch. Okay, hold on, hold on. Keep turning, hold on, hold on. I'm about to jump in right now, hold on. I gotta wait till the kids graduate from high school. Come on, y'all, you gotta say yes, yes when I say it. Hold on, hold on, I'm about to jump in. I'm about to jump into my greatness. I just gotta wait till I earn more money. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Come on, you guys. Hold on, I'm about to jump into my grave. I, I have to lose a little weight. Hold on. That was just me? Now, come on, come on. I'm about to jump into my grave. Hold on, I gotta wait, wait till the right time. Like, and all of a sudden you see life. Life is turning, going, hurry up! Jump in! We want you to play with us. And you're going, hold on, I'm about to get it all together. And fear is that thing that has you constantly rocking back and forth. Yes, yes? Yes, yes? Yes, yes? Well, I just came by to inspire you to jump. I, I came by. Fear is the willingness to hold concern, question, and doubt in one hand. But courage is the willingness to hold passion in the other. Well, let's talk about fear. The definition of fear is, the definition of fear is, read it nice and loud. Anticipation of what? Pain. What is anticipation? Past, present, or future? Future. Is future real or is it imagined? It's imagined. It's not real. Let's do an experiment to test this out. Are you ready to play? Will you play 100%? Great. Raise your hand tomorrow. What's the problem? That's right. The problem is tomorrow does not exist. Tomorrow does not exist in reality. It only exists in your head, in your imagination. Yes or yes? yes? Same with fear. It only exists in your mind. So your mind has a very specific job. And its job is sur survival. What is it? Excellent. Survival. And therefore its primary role in life is pro Protection. Protection. So, your mind is like the sentry, the sentry on a ship. Who can tell you what's the sentry's job? Yes, to be the lookout, to warn of danger. And that's why your mind is constantly scanning and watching for what's wrong and what could go wrong in any situation. Why do we always look for what's wrong? Because it's out of protection. Finding what's right doesn't really help in protection, does it? It helps you grow, but it doesn't help protect wise. Your mind is not your best friend when it comes to growth and expansion and happiness and success. I'm sorry. 
In fact, it could be your worst enemy, because it has a job to do and it does it really well, and that is simply to protect you. What's wrong? What's wrong? What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Oh, I'm gonna stop. No, no, don't say that, because uh, I don't know why. Uh, this, uh, this is a problem. That problem. This is a problem. Problem, 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 problem. It doesn't look for what's right. It doesn't look for how I'm gonna make it. No, no, how I'm gonna create it. No, 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 problem, problem, problem. It wants to do a good job and it wants to feel important, so it's always screaming, look out, be careful, trouble over here, trouble over there. Meanwhile, everything is just fine. How many of you have some situations that you are in that you're overwhelmed with fear? You didn't know how you're gonna come out, how you're gonna survive, and you did, you survived and you didn't die. Raise your hand if you survive, all right? So what you gotta do, Whatever that was, whatever that state of consciousness, whatever that self-confidence that you had, however you stood up within yourself, here's what we know, you survived. Here's what we know, you're still here. You didn't die. Come on, you did not die. You didn't die. You hear that? You didn't die. You're here right now. See, that's a testament about how powerful you are. And so whatever the volcano is, you have the capacity to take that volcano off, the capacity to jump in it and find your true identity. You see, friends, what makes you comfortable can ruin you. But what makes you uncomfortable is the only way to grow. Some people have asked me, well, when do you know, when is fear a guide and good, and when do you ignore it? When should you listen, when should you ignore? Very clear guidelines. When you fear something objective, fear or risk to the physical body, when you may be injured or killed in a situation, listen to the fear. It's going to guide you. Maybe it's telling you need to, you need to prepare more. You need to take caution. You need to stay very alert. That's when you listen to fear. When there's a risk to your physical body, that's objective fear. When you have subjective fear, and the fear is psychological, uh, I'm afraid of being embarrassed, I'm afraid of being ashamed, I'm afraid of being ridiculed, I'm afraid of looking like a fool, that's when you cut through it and do it anyway. That's where the growth lies. Courage is not the absence of fear, it's the conquering of it. You can't even show courage unless you're afraid. And the greater the fear before you do something, the greater the elation and the expansive growth afterward. Guess what? You're gonna make some mistakes. You're gonna make a lot of mistakes. Guy said this and it's true. He said the person who has never made a mistake hasn't done anything. And you're gonna make some mistakes if you wanna do something out here. when you come out into the arena called life. You're gonna feel awkward and stupid and dumb sometimes. It goes with the territory, but it's okay. So I just stopped by to ask, are you willing to redesign and to up-level the design, the experience called you? What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? How big would you play if you knew that you could survive any heartbreak, any breakdown, any betrayal, what would you do if the things that you were afraid of you knew were absolutely nothing? They were all opportunities for you to get stronger in your faith, stronger in your resiliency. What would you do? Who would you love? How big would you play? Where would you leap? Mm. And 
the bigger question is how would the world benefit differently? How would the world benefit differently because who you've decided to be? How would the world be a better place to live because fear didn't have you standing on the edge? What would you do if you were told that you get to do it afraid? That you don't have to wait for the fear to leave? That when you get an action, the fear has to dissipate into the nothingness that it always was. Last but not least, the next motivational quote is of a man who respect greatly. A man who has influenced you to a television series, The Prince of Bel-Air. Will Smith is a person you always look for motivation. Some of the things he has said. Stop letting people who do so little for you control how much, so much of your mind, feelings and emotion. Fear is not real. It is a product of thoughts you create. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real. But fear is a choice. Don't chase people. Be yourself. Do your own thing and work hard. The right people, the ones who really belong in your life, will come to you and stay for good. So if you stay ready, you ain't gotta be ready. And that is how I run my life. Being realistic is the most commonly traveled road to mediocrity. You're not looking for mediocrity, you're looking for mastery. You have always picked the goals which sounded lunatic to others. You have been told to be more realistic. But as some goals you might have not achieved, because those goals you have picked seem so unrealistic to others and you simply wanted to show them how realistic they are for you because every single step you take brings you closer to this goal you reached so high nobody else could could reach you lost 18 kilograms in like 12 days or so you have lost 34 pounds 20 something 18 something kilograms this year already and remember how will smith will say in this next few minutes building a great wall is always spun by putting one brick after the other. You're running this distance 26.2 miles, 42 kilometers and 195 meters by running each single step perfectly. Focus on taking this next step perfectly and the step after that. Focus for the next 60 minutes or so on running a perfect kilometer, a perfect mile to beat your record every single kilometer. Push harder, go further and never stop. Will Smith is here at the age of only 33. He has succeeded in film, television and music. 
He is a four-time Grammy-winning musician. He was the star for six years of the hit NBC sitcom, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And his movies have grossed more than $2 billion. The first step before anybody else in the world believes it is you have to believe it. There's no reason to have a plan B because it distracts from plan A. I want to represent an idea. I want to represent possibilities. I want to represent the idea that you really can make what you want. One of my favorite books is The, the Alchemist, uh, Paolo Coelho. And that's just, I just believe that. I, I believe that I can create whatever I want to create. I realize that when to, to have the level of success that I, I want to have, it's difficult to spread it out and do multiple things. It takes such a desperate, obsessive focus. You really got to focus with all of your fiber and all of your heart and all of your creativity. The separation of talent and skill is one of the, 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 the greatest misunderstood concepts for people who are trying to excel, who have dreams, that want to do things. Talent you have naturally. Skill is only developed by hours and hours and hours of beating on your craft. There's no easy way around it. No matter how talented you are, your talent is going to fail you if you're not skilled. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't study, if you don't work uh, really hard and dedicate yourself to being better every single day, mm -hmm. you'll never be able to communicate with, with people, with your artistry, the, the way that you want. I've, I've never really viewed myself as particularly talented. Where I excel is ridiculous ridiculous, sickening work ethic. You know, while the other guy's sleeping, I'm working. While the other guy's eating, I'm working. The only thing that I see that is distinctly different about me is I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill. You might have more talent than me, you might be smarter than me, but if we get on the treadmill together, right? There's two things. You're getting off first, yeah. or I'm gonna die. It's really that simple. I, I believe, uh, and I learned very young. From parents? From my parents, absolutely. That you, you don't try to build a wall. You don't set out to build a wall. You don't say, I'm gonna big, build the biggest, baddest, greatest wall that's ever been built. You don't start there. You say, I'm going to lay this brick yeah. as perfectly as a brick can be laid. There will not be one brick on the face of the earth that's going to be laid better than this brick that I'm going to lay in this next 10 minutes. Yeah. And you do that every single day. And soon you have a wall. And soon you have a wall. And I think psychologically, the advantage that that, that gives me over, over a lot of people that I've I'm, have been in competition with in different situations is it's difficult to take the first step when you look how big yeah, exactly. the, the task is. The task is never huge to me. It's always yeah, me one brick. Me too. I mean, it is amazing how you know people are paralyzed mm -hmm. from doing anything Absolutely. because they can't take the first step. Whereas you just step. say, look, all I'm doing is laying this one brick. I am yep. not building the Great Wall of China. Right. Here. <laughs> Absolutely. Putting a brick here Absolutely. and I'm going to have the best brick I can. I'm motivated by fear, fear. you know. Um, fear of what? 
fear of fear. I hate being scared to do something. And I think what developed uh, in my in my early days was the the attitude that I started attacking things that I was scared of. God placed the best things in life on the other side of terror. On the other side of your maximum fear are all of the best things in life, you know? Like there's a, there's a, a redemptive power that making a choice has, you know, rather than feeling like you're at effect to all the things that are happening. Make a choice. Like you just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. Just decide. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. That's just, I just believe that. A few months ago, I said that I believe that uh, <laughs> if I chose to, I could be the president of the United States. And I think uh, as I've, I've had a chance to intellectualize why I said that. Yeah. And I think that there's a certain delusional quality that all successful people have to have. You have to believe that something different than what has happened for the last 50 yeah. million yeah. years yeah. Right. of history. You have to believe that something different can happen. I and think, I think, I think that, that that's a huge part of, of, of me. Because, and I say it to my friends all the time, and we, we laugh about it. I truly, honestly, as I sit here before you right now, as honestly as I can say it to you, I truly believe that I could be the president if I wanted to. Greatness is not this uh, wonderful, esoteric, elusive, uh, godlike feature that only the special among us are will ever taste you know it's something that truly exists in all of us sitting with Ali sitting with Nelson Mandela it's very simple this is what I believe and I'm willing to die for it period that simple. I know who I am and I know what I believe. I know who I am, I know who, what that's I believe. That's all I need to know. And that's all I need to know. So from there, you do what you need to do. Yeah. You know, and I think what happens is we make the situation more complex. You know, the normal among among us make it more complex sure. than it has to because be. Because we're looking for complexity. There's got to be Absolutely. something complex to understand. It right? can't be that easy. You know. I want my life, I want my, my work, uh, my, my family, I want it to mean something. And it's like, it has, if, if you are not making someone else's life better, then you're wasting your time. You know, like the, the, your life will become better by making other lives better. I want to do good. I want the world to be better because I was here. Keep pushing. Keep pushing harder. Take every single step. You're almost there now. This was today's episode for you to keep you pushing. For those 26.2 miles. For those 42 kilometers and 195 
meters. Keep pushing. You have done so great. You can keep going, keep going, and keep going. And remember how much you have done for this. Keep pushing yourself towards your goal. Keep running. Your muscles are still able to do it. You're only at 40%. Push yourself. Pain is temporary. Results are for the eternity. Keep pushing. And now listen to your special playlist. First Marathon 2020. Thank you for listening. I'm your host Max Rick and until next time.